It's the Beat Break Morning Show with Sean Garvey and the crew. Welcome back to the Beat Break Morning Show. Good morning, Sean Garvey at Sean Garvey ATL on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, sorry for the delay, ladies and gentlemen. We had some technical difficulties behind the scenes, but you know that happens a lot in radio and podcast. Sean Garvey, don't forget to download the Podcast FM app to your mobile device anywhere, and you can get the app wherever you get your app from. And don't forget to check us out on 87FM, 101 The Vibe FM in Atlanta and in Louisville, Kentucky. We got a panel of guests on the live live line tonight or this morning whatever time zone you're listening to the beat break morning show uh we got our special guests on the morning show and first and foremost you know i gotta do ladies first uh she's one of the writers for my scripted podcast series unemployment check please welcome ladies and gentlemen first time on the beat break morning show lexi love good morning lexi love how you doing what up Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. First time. I'm loving the green screen there. You got the oh, green like, screen in like the background. It? Yeah. Yeah. That's my that's my when I do my self tapes, you know, I'm going to have the background. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. I, I like it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. OK. Uh, you know, I, you, you like the, the backdrop that I got there in the background. It's just nothing what? but posters and pictures and stuff. <laughs> That I savaged over the years. <laughs> nice. But yeah. All right. Well, that's what's up. Welcome to the Beat Break Morning Show. Also, uh, he's been on the morning show before. Uh, Jerry Truman, ladies and gentlemen, back on the morning show. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Sean. Good, man. Good. What's been going on with you? It's 2023. What's been going on with you? Man, I was just hanging out with my own peeps that's been doing sketch comedy series and doing the whole stand-up thing as usual and actually just doing shows in Anniston, Alabama, and things have been pretty good. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, congratulations to you, you know, doing things in the comedy circuit there. And uh, last but not least, no introduction needed, uh, Coop DeVille. Back on the morning show, Coop. What's what's going on? I gotta stop saying Coop Devin. Just say Uncle Coop. Uncle there you Coop. Go. <laughs> I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, glad to have you. Glad glad to have you back on. Uh, you still doing the Lab Don't Shoot initiative? How is that going thus far? Man, it's doing good. It actually, unfortunately, it's requested even more and more. You know, people mm. know you need to laugh uh, and definitely don't shoot. You know, do things that's going to bring happiness to us mm-hmm. so we won't focus on the anger that is out there. So, yeah, it, it's a blessing, brother. It is an awesome blessing. Plus, I've been promoting my book, Message to Mission. I just finished my third book. So, oh, well, congrats, man. Congrats. You know, you are you are a serious entrepreneur. How's You're that doing... like being an author? Oh, man, it's cool. I've been writing books and curriculums for 10, 15 years. Uh, but a lot of my stuff has been so serious, but I got a new one that's coming out next month. Uh, no, I say in May. It's called uh, Funny Jokes and Stories to Take Your Mind Off Serious Stuff. Mm. Funny Jokes and Stories Catch. to Take Your Mind Off Serious Stuff. Catch your title. Jokes. Hopefully people yeah. can, you know. Can't wait to pick that up at Barnes & Noble. Hey, brother. Hey, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Well, I appreciate you guys for coming on the morning show this morning, man. Uh, I told myself the other day, like, man, I got to bring 
these cats on the morning show because uh, a lot of stuff went down over the weekend. And, you know, it's so interesting, um, Coop DeVille and Jerry, that I had you guys on. It was actually another platform. It was the mental space. I had you all on the mental space last year. And it was around the same time when the entire world saw the slap that Will Smith mm. made uh, mm. towards Chris Rock. And fast forward to now, 2023, in March, uh, we see the get back. We see the get back, <laughs> in which a lot of people are calling it, uh, after watching the Chris Rock special on Netflix, which is projected to be the uh, highest rated comedy special on Netflix. And it was live. Uh, it was live on Netflix for millions and millions of uh, people to watch to see. And I do understand that some people... Um, did it watch it live you know some people that i know had went back and watched it sunday and went mm -hmm. back and watched it earlier today uh but now we get a that. chance you did that yeah i, I, watched, I watched it live. live and i watched it earlier today like around 5 p.m yeah i watched it last night yep yeah i watched it when it first came out also so yeah, yeah i watched it live actually yeah Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we yeah we we watched it live, and we not only we not only that most of us like myself uh, watched the special, but we also saw the pre-show and the post-show, and I was like, why is there a pre-show and a post-show for this comedy mm -hmm. special? This how this is how big the event was, uh, so uh, the show or the special rather. It's called uh, Selective... What is it called? Oh, my goodness. Selective Outrage. Selective, Selective Outrage. That's what it's called. Selective Outrage. Um, you know, and of course, we know that uh, after the Oscars, uh, Chris Rock went on tour um, and went to multiple places across the country uh, promoting the tour, doing his comedy special, and, and some of the material that we heard during the uh, event... Uh, he has already made at uh, his different comedy shows throughout the country and stuff. So we're here to talk about it. You can, of course, if you're watching us on IG Live at Sean Garvey ATL, you can comment below. But uh, let's get into it. Um, I want to hear everybody's thoughts on the Chris Rock special. And I, and I felt that it was a need for me to have a conversation about it. You know, being that I do a show outside of the Beat Break Morning Show called The Mental Space. Uh, with Sean Garvey. Shameless plug. Uh, the Mental Space, Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on WAOK 1380 in Atlanta. And I gave my two cents on it on Robert Patillo's show, People Passionate Politics, on Sundays on the same station, WAOK. Uh, we spent two hours and a half talking about the special, me and Robert Patillo. Um, you know, he gave his perspective, I gave mine. And uh, before I can give my perspective on it, I want to hear from everyone else that's on the uh, IG Live at Sean Garvey ATL. I want to hear your thoughts. Ladies first. Ladies first. Lexi Love. Let's go over to you. What are your thoughts on the, the Chris Rock special? What my, yeah. What are my thoughts? Well, I thought it was kind of funny that he had his live in Baltimore, Maryland. And Be more. That, that is where Jada Pinkett Smith is from. So, I don't know. It was just kind of... It, to me, it was kind of a lot of shade throwing you know, that way, because that's her hometown. Um, <laughs> um, I did laugh a lot in the beginning. I, I did. It, it was funny. Um, 
I like the fact that he talked a little bit about his family. I had I had no idea he had he had daughters. I had no clue. Um, Chris Rock has never been my favorite comedian. I'll say that he's a great he's a great comedian actor. Um, but you know, I've never really been a stand up comic fan of his. Um, I how can I say this? Um, I didn't. I really. I. I don't know if it's really hard to say when when comedians are joking, especially when they joke about something that's very personal to you. And I did. I. I'll be honest with you. I did not like the fact that. Yeah, I know. Probably might get a little feedback. I didn't like the fact that he made fun of killing babies. I. I didn't like that. I. I personally didn't like it. Being a mom. Um, everybody has their own choices to make, but I personally just, I didn't like it. And, and so that, I, I didn't think to me, that wasn't funny. I was just like, that's not funny. So. Okay. So it was, it was sensitive. That part of the joke, part of the, the, the bit was sensitive to you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. What 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 else? Um, like, cause I that wasn't the only bit that he made. He made a lot of bits, right? So, yeah. what were some other jokes that you felt stood out? It could be the obvious, or it could be besides the obvious. Well, I, you know, one thing that, yeah. that you that you said about the abortion, I heard that, and I was kind of like, e. But if you read behind it, he was he was joking about abortion. But he was joking. He was trying to let people see, in my mind, I'm thinking he's trying to let people see how wrong it is. Because a lot, and without him saying how wrong it is. Because what he was saying was, he emphasized killing babies. It's like mm-hmm. killing babies. Whether you kill the baby at the conception or whether you kill him at four years old. And if you can visualize killing a child at four years old, you know that that's murder. So he wanted you to visualize it at murder at four years old, as well as at its mm-hmm. conception. So basically, he was saying that abortion is wrong, but he was drilling it in a way where he didn't have to say it. Okay. He didn't have to be, a, that's what you, that's literally what you call being politically correct. Yeah. I, he I, didn't say that. He made it a joke where you can internalize it. Mm-hmm. So he if wasn't. You me, hmm? If you ask me, I actually thought that he was actually telling like, the harsh truths of reality, but with a spin on it, like with abortion and then with the racism and other stuff in his special. Yeah, I mean, I think it, that joke about abortion, I think it came from a place of sarcasm. You know, we know that yeah. throughout years, yeah, Chris, exactly. Chris Rock, he's exactly. always been very sarcastic in a lot of his mm-hmm. jokes. And the abortion thing, I can get it because it's a very touchy, touchy subject to a lot of women i mean we we saw we experienced last year regarding the fate of abortion rights here in this country here in america so i can understand from lexi's standpoint that it's a very touchy subject but i thought that it came from a place of sarcasm basically what he's saying is you know i'm pro-life i'm i'm pro-life pro-choice and all that but you know, you, you are killing babies at the same time, though. <laughs> you are killing babies, and that part where he said that, and, and, and this was another thing too to stay on the subject of the abortion joke, right? The one thing that 
Chris Rock said, and, and y- y- we're going to have to spoil it, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of the other radio personalities earlier today is like, we're not going to spoil it for you. We're going to spoil it because it's all over the internet. Um, <laughs> the, the part in the bit where he says that if you ladies are thinking about getting an abortion, you all need to get an abortion too. Because you all let guys, not, not saying you, you all ladies, but that's, that's watching, but there's guys out here there's guys out here that don't have at least five dollars in their bank account and literally coming inside of a woman's body and then three six months later i'm pregnant like i I ain't got no money to take care of your child so you you gotta go back and watch the bit too that means uh, a woman could give me some because i got more than five i got i i I, (laughs) I did laugh at that joke because it's true. Why are you letting these I would be broke, really why are you hurt right now, broke, broke men inside your body and they can't do nothing for you? Right. You end up being pregnant. So you, yeah, where? Yeah, I, I thought that was funny because it's true. A lot of women will let in the broke, the broke, the broke men. I, I will keep this, keep this PG. <laughs> well, the you broke never, men. Broke, broke that lane may be good, ding lane. You never know. <laughs> You never know. So, somebody might wake up like that every morning. They nope. do. <laughs> yep, they be pushing babies out in the band all because oh, that broke dude was fine. It don't matter as long as you look good and everything. Mm. Is what it is. I mean, yeah. I've been turned down for broke dudes all, all around, so. Basically, yeah, harsh reality decisions. <laughs> they need to make better decisions. Very much so. Yep. Mm. Yeah. 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 So I, break I, that, I like break that, that. Break that generational curse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, Actually, ladies. we all do need to make our better decisions, but I'm just gonna leave it at what Chris Rock said, since this is the Chris Rock of. Selective outrage or uh, post show here. Selective outrage, yes. Selective outrage, uh, still available on uh, Netflix if you haven't seen it yet. So uh, we're going to get to the obvious. We're going to get to the obvious in a few moments. Um, there were some other jokes that Chris Rock made. Uh, that, of course, you know he keeps things political um, regarding the insurrection from last year. You know, talking about uh, white men being the victims in this country. You know, know, selective selective outrage. Like, how are you gonna be mad <laughs> by going to the Capitol uh, a year ago or so, and then tearing down the same government that you run? I who who does that? I know, I know. I mean, he said white people going around attacking white people. Who you jumping on? We jumping on us. You know, mm. schizophrenic. You beating up yourself. It's crazy. It's kind of confusing because I always thought liberals, white liberals and white conservatives always stay on code. Well, we don't know. <laughs> but I tell you what, Lex, there's something you one thing you said that I wanted to address too, uh, and, and both of y'all, y'all talking about how he went to Jada Pinkett's hometown mm. and, and pretty much joined her out. Be you know, more. Chris has a pattern of doing that, so that's not new. Because you remember his very first comedy show, he was in Washington, D.C., and he joined the heck out of Marion Barry, who was the mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how can y'all vote for a crackhead mayor? 
you know, he was the city mayor at that time. Yeah, I seen. I I watched. I watched it live on TV when they went and arrested him when he was in the hotel with yeah. the prostitute. Yeah. So Chris got some, for lack of better words, Chris got some balls, bro. Mm. Yeah, they big. They they big kahunas. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm speaking figuratively. You might be speaking literally. I don't know what you. Mean. <laughs> I mean, hey, Chris Rock is still skinny. He still look. And shape the same frame that he was 20, 30 years ago. But when it comes to comedy, he got a uh, big ball <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> telling jokes. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Will Smith did slap him because he's like, I'm slapping you for everything that you said hey, before. I, I know he regret that. You know, the slap itself, and I'm gonna mm. talk about something a little later on. Sure, it, it, it's so. Uh, really hard to believe that it literally took place you know when you look at black men and you look at how other people look at us it's like justifying anything that they ever however they treated us you know however bad they thought of us to me that was like a justification like i told you i told you look at them you know they're he said that at the end he said yeah that it's like for a while chris rock said what he said at the end of his special yeah. we don't fight around white people I'm, exactly yeah yeah, and that's the point that I'm going to make on that later on, if, hopefully before we get off. Yeah. What he was saying was deeper than a lot of people could even picked up on. And I looked at a lot of podcasts, and I hadn't heard anybody really pick up on what I'm going to share in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the fact that it was filmed live in Be More, you know, of course, that's another obvious thing that we all observed um, on Saturday night. And so um, I was telling Robert uh, on Sunday that it's interesting that he did it in B-more, which is not far, not far, ladies and gentlemen, from Philadelphia, mm. Philly, Will Smith's hometown. Right. Mm. Um, okay. So I guess my question is because we, we, we kind of digging into the obvious now, you know, because the anticipation of the special were was for people to hear what Chris Rock had to say about the slap and his response to it. My question is, could it have been filmed maybe in Philly? You know, could he have done something in Philadelphia? And, and what would that look like if he had done it in Philadelphia instead of Baltimore? Mm, interesting. Oh. I still think he could have put it off, but it's interesting. Yeah. On, on, well, on, on the I west mean, he side, did, mm -hmm. he did make it. Probably so he got more balls than he uh, usually has. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did make a comment about um, when he was talking about Jada and um, Will Smith, how they had that conversation of the entanglement in front of everybody, the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying that she's the one who started it. She's the one who started it. So maybe. That's why he decided to do it in Baltimore instead of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think Philadelphia had that that type of love for Will Smith, where they'll try to defend him. You know, I've been in Philly. I spent a lot of time doing a lot of shows there, a lot of other stuff. It's not like he's Martin the King or nothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it's not like they building monuments for him and everything. But now when you say, 
Say that again. Yo, I said they got the Rocky before, statue there, though, before, right? Before, before that other guy. Yeah. Yeah, they got Rocky. <laughs> Rocky is the great white hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, what then? If Rocky is the great white hope, then what is Creed then? Uh, Creed is the, the struggling brother. Creed is the struggling Make, brother. You'll get that. <laughs> Believe me, there'll never be another Rocky as 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 far as American theater is concerned. Mm, okay. There'll never be. Shout-outs well, shout to, shout to uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, by the way. Number one okay. movie in America, you know. And also, uh, from what I learned, the highest gross sports film in cinema history, by the way, uh, from Creed what I read. Creed 3. Creed 3. Oh. Yeah. I know my best friend owns a, a, a Abundance Luxury Limousine in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and he was the sole person taking a Michael B. Jordan around for those three or four months, and he showed me a lot of pictures. So he's a great guy. So, yeah, yeah, they yeah. shot some of the scenes of Creed Three here in Georgia. Yeah, a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he a long time. They yeah. had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did um a couple of scenes not far from where I live. Okay, I could I could have been in the movie. I could have been in the movie, but apparently I need to get back in the gym first. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw you, bro. Yeah, you heard, that's one thing Chris Rock was saying too. You know, he, he said Real Smith jumping on me, he's bigger than me. You know, I played Pookie. Mm -hmm. He played Muhammad Ali. Right. You know, <laughs> so why he gonna jump on me? He know he could beat me. I didn't like Chris saying that. I don't like when people say they somebody can beat them. I don't care how tall you are, how strong you are. You know. I mean, I know, I know, I mean, the reason why Chris Rock said that, because I know a lot of people have said that about Chris Rock, like, okay, yeah, Will Smith, he's bigger than Chris Rock, and, you know, that whole thing of, well, if it was The Rock, or if it was 50 Cent on stage, then, or if it was this boxer, Will Smith would have never gotten on stage and stuff, but because it, of it being Chris Rock, and because Chris Rock is a slender, slim guy, then you know it, it made Chris Rock an easy target for Will Smith to get on stage and do what he did. And I'm basically yeah, saying, just making a joke. It has nothing to do with his size though. It's like think Bruce Lee was Bruce Lee probably weighed 130, 120, and he was a little dude. But I I bet you if somebody like Bruce Lee, you wouldn't go up there either. No. That Kung Fu get you. Hell no. He, he way smaller than Chris. Man, I never seen Chris Rock do no karate kick or nothing. Like, the only thing I saw Chris Rock did was in that movie Bad Company. You you all remember the movie Bad Company with uh, Anthony Hopkins? Kind of. I remember him. Yeah, I mean, well, apparently, um, you know, they had a stunt guy or whatever, a stunt guy that looked like Chris Rock. But, you know, I was like, okay, Chris Rock, you know, got some hands on you, got some hands on you. Yeah, but no, th this this special here, it was a it was a special special. If you ask me, it wasn't just a comedy special. It was a special. It was a comedy special special, you know, because everybody was waiting on him to respond, and that made it even special. And the fact that we knew that he was dealing with an emotional issue, oh. so that they're dealing oh. with an emotional challenge. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Yes. Yeah. My, somebody tried to call me. Um, it, it's very rare that you see a comedian and you know that they're going through a personal battle, and they're on stage and they have to present. So he he knew we knew he was going through something, 
And we know we were anticipating his response. So that's why I say it was a special, special. Mm. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, um, the comic in me, because I come from a history of comedy, you know, my dad, you, was really comedy, do. you, you know really what I'm do. saying? And, and that's Good. why I, I look at stand up comedy just based off what I saw this past Saturday with Chris Rock. Right. It made me look at stand up comedy even more in a different light because be, believe it or not, I wasn't a Chris Rock fan. I never was. I mean, I, I admire his talent on the big screen in films and in television shows. But, you know, his stand-up comedy didn't do anything to me, if, if we just being honest. Like you said a few moments ago, Lexi, like you never saw Chris Rock as a funny stand-up comic yourself. And everybody have different tastes when it comes to comics. You know, I don't expect for everybody to say, oh, Chris Rock is in my top five, right, of all time. But when I saw that special and it made me look at it again the second time, I said to myself, this is the most funniest special I have ever saw from Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't care for I didn't care too much for bring the pain. I didn't care too much for bigger and blacker. Yeah, I know. Coop. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I. That's that's a twilight sound effect I gotta play in the background there. But I I know, I know everybody love bit I know everybody love I know everybody love Bring the Pain came out in I believe it was nineteen ninety six, uh in the mid nineties and all that. I understand that, but I you know what, maybe because of the time where I wasn't really into comedy comedy like that. You was in diapers back then, bro. I wasn't no <laughs> <laughs> in diapers watching Rugrats and Sesame Street. I, I was I yeah, I wasn't I was into something else, but I definitely I wasn't in diapers. <laughs> so I, was, I was able I was able at that time. I was able to go and use the potty myself. Okay. But uh, okay. <laughs> but no, I think it just I, I think everything that Chris Rock said in his stand up comedy special this past Saturday was so relatable to everything that i experienced and and been through these past few years as an adult as an adult you know um i mean even the special called selective outrage the name of it selective outrage i am guilty of sometimes having selective outrage towards things that i'm not supposed to be outraged of Mm. Yeah, I think we all can say that about something. Yeah, it happened to me sometimes. But I'm going to tell you, man, Chris Rock, as a writer, and, and I am a writer, let me go get backtrack a little bit so y'all know where I'm coming from. When I, I'm i the first comedian from Atlanta to do comic geek. So anybody ever see Bruce Bruce or Samoa or, or Earthquake, when they did comic geek that first year, I'm the one who, who called their name to get on stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who shared their name with uh, Lynn Taylor Harris from BET. So in essence, I'm responsible for them for their first shot on TV. And I like to look at comedians that I know going to do some things that are funny. There are other comedians, but I look at how you write. Chris Rock is a close to perfect comedian. And I'm not talking about material because material is judgmental. You judge what you, you know, but as far as his writing style, 
the way he tells his jokes. There in comedy, you got this thing called setup, premise, premise, setup, punchline. Most professional comedians should know that the premise, the setup, and the punchline. It's like where are you gonna take that joke and, and how you gonna get out of it and how you gonna move to the next one and how you gonna get out of it and then how you gonna do all that and relate to the audience. This guy's perfect with when, when it comes to something like that. So that's kind of what I judge him by, and I think it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jer- Jerry, what do you think about the special overall? Actually, I thought the special was actually pretty amazing, and I liked how he talked about all those other topics right before the whole build up with the whole Will and Jada, and basically, well, I'm more. I would say my strongest point is more like the performance point and everything where I performed the joke. So I actually liked how he just exaggerated things like with his uh, voice and mm-hmm. his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like where he said, man, I'm going to have to watch emancipation. And his voice always had me chuckling and stuff. <laughs> but I think the reason I like that is because I've had some people tell me that it was like a particular voice that I had that would just have people cracking up. Got <laughs> mm-hmm. to watch a man so patient again just to watch Will Smith get work. Yeah. And that's another component yeah. of comedy. Your voice. Your, your, he's not monotone. He really knows how to how to uh, make that communication. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For a minute there, Jerry sounded just like Chris Rock when he did that high pitch. Just, just thought I'd point that out. Um, yeah. So the the entire show, I mean, there was several bits there. There was one bit that definitely, and like I said, that's why I say his special was so relatable to me than all his other specials. There was one bit he did about the difference between younger women and older women. I don't know. I know, Lexi. Lexi, listen. <laughs> but I did. I, I, I'm was, glad that he actually, finished. That was actually a very good one because actually <laughs> it hit home to me big time because I dated a 63-year-old lady. And those were facts that he was telling about the uh, beat-up car. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You dated a 63-year-old lady? Yeah. No, no, you didn't date a 63-year-old lady. You got molested by a 63-year-old. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> if that's the case, I was one hell of a consensual molestation. I Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What, what did but you... He did, he did clean that joke up really good, but he he's not lying. I mean... When you're what, 24, 25, you ain't thinking about nothing but some shoes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I didn't like is because us older women, yeah, we want some shoes too. I'll, I'll, I'll prance around as well. What are you talking about? But do you about? want, but Lexi, do you want a guy we just dating? Like, say me and you were dating. Say me and you were dating, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you expect for me after the first or second date to come over and fix your roof? No, that wouldn't even be a conversation. It would be nice, though. No. <laughs> what you say? What what'd you say? It'll be nice. It would be nice. I know that. <laughs> you might be oh, thinking it's in your head. Break your roof. Come over there and fix it. <laughs> I, I, I would just fix. expect you to notice that it need to be fixed. 
Uh oh. Uh oh. See. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, there's a difference. There's a difference between a woman. You want to go in there, pay attention to detail. I might put uh-huh. gas in your car, but I ain't fixing no roof. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm. Change the oil, but not that roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nigga, I'll take it to get changed. <laughs> uh, I'll fix that. I'll fix that uh, DVR player. <laughs> you would fix that VCR or whatever. Well, no, what, what really killed me when he was talking about the cars and the off the off the off brand of the cars. There was a Mercedes, but it was like a 301. Yeah. I was on the floor. I was like, you I know. know. <laughs> mm. because... Who have you been dealing with? Who have you been dealing with? Mm-hmm. But that's actually true because I remember when I was dating an older lady, and I remember I would drive from Atlanta to Kentucky, and just right after on driving, she would want me to drive her around to all the places in Kentucky because her car needed like a whole lot of repairs and everything. So that joke hit home. That, wow! Then a broke what? old lady. I, I would say that must have been when, but then he's, but then when he talked about the difference between the sex situation, I was like, that's why, that's why the men are dealing with the older women because they already know we got a lot of experience under our belts. That's mm. exactly. Hey, you for a ride on the exactly. Hey, you, you know one thing, Chris Rock said, not to change the subject, really, mm. but. When he said something about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly, I didn't quite get that. Okay. That, that didn't resonate because I don't I don't compare those two. No. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I just remember he did mention that. It was like, that. oh, R. Kelly found guilty and Michael Jackson found innocent. Yeah, and and I kind of believe Michael Jackson more as, as being more gullible than than being criminal or being uh uh vindictive, you know, demonic. I don't, you know, mm. I don't Right, because it was like Michael Jackson had like a bad childhood and he just wanted to experience what being a kid was like and he didn't know what was like off limits or so. I just think if if Michael Jackson did that by now, somebody would have said something because that's some pure money right there. That's, you know, you get older, you, you want money, you're like, hey, I got proof. I mean, you yeah. you get money right now for that, even after his death. Mm-hmm. So, I don't believe that. Yep. And R. Yeah. R. Kelly's still trying to get out of jail, man. He's still trying to he's still trying to fight for his freedom. <laughs> Let's keep fighting, but hey, that's a yeah. strong, that's a real huge uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many, too many women came forward with that. And yeah. yeah. Now he was just he was just too he was just very arrogant as well. I mean, everybody know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how he carried himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, the, the, I mean, I think the sad part as far as like R. Kelly, I always think of when you are a victim of child molestation growing up, for you to become the same thing that you didn't want done to you, that to me was is very mind boggling. That that definitely is mind boggling because, I mean, there's a lot of I'm talking about women that have dealt with that in their life. And I will say that I um, kind of dealt, had that situation as a child. That's the last thing. It, it, it's kind of like, it grosses me out. Like it's, it's very gross to me, like vomit gross. So I never could understand about the whole R. Kelly thing. You saying that you are a victim, but then you turned around and victimized 
you know, um, younger women that were, um, they may have not been as young as, you know, some other people, but, you know, they were teenagers. You're like a 30-year-old man talking to a 16, 15-year-old girl that really, her mind is not even mature enough to even understand, you know, a lot of things, so. Yeah. Hurt people, yeah. hurt people. I did a group, because I do a lot of group, comedy groups and regular groups on uh, life skills. I had three girls teenagers in high school that was pregnant by the same boy you know in order to get in this group you had to have some type of whatever and i'm like girl didn't you think if he got her pregnant got her pregnant got baby by her didn't you think that he's not a good mate but she, and you know what she told me she said well he told me he wasn't gonna do me like that i said oh okay right yeah. <laughs> like what is he supposed to say you know that's a naiveness at a young age i mean you know it is, yeah. too. I mean, I'm not giving an excuse, but you think differently at 15, and then when you're 30 or you're 40, you, you think completely different. And yeah. it's based on experience as well, um, I, I believe. so. Well, the, the, also the prefrontal cortex in your brain mm -hmm. is not to mature until you're like in your between 21, 25 or yep. something like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that deals with your impulsiveness. Yes. Uh, Yes. So, yeah. 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 Oh man, man, this this conversation just got serious now. Like, damn, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I've heard. I, hey, yeah, the, the mental space. What older, huh? What you say, Jeff? Yeah, it just actually goes to show what all evil older people would do to uh, get like a uh, sense of feeling of what it's like to have like a lot of power. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Take something. But I'm gonna tell you this is why is this, if I was ever a comedian, I mean, I do write comic jokes, but if I was ever a comedian, I would not make jokes about R. Kelly. I would not make jokes about because it turned into conversations like this. No, sir. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it can. Yeah. But one thing Chris Rock said, and I think I'm going to share it right now. I think this is how it came off. When this very last joke, I hate to be a spoiler, but like you said, Sean, it's already out there. You know, everybody, talks, you know, but at the end, he says something that I know a lot of people didn't catch and probably. Uh oh, you're on mute again. Okay. There you go. Hear me now? Yep. Yeah. I hope it don't die out. But he said something. He said, um, my mom, uh, my parents taught me not to fight around white people. Mm -hmm. Now, if his parents taught him that, they said it for a reason. See, Chris Rock is from South, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And in South Carolina, between you know South Carolina, Augusta, that area, Augusta, Georgia, South Carolina in the, in the early in the 30s and early 1900s, white people used to pay to see black boys fight, mm -hmm. and they would actually put them in a ring, 12, 13, as young as 10, uh, they would put them in a ring and put numbers on their back, and they would let them fight, and they would sit out and they would have tuxedos on. Uh, they would be playing music like it's the Oscars, and they would uh, like like it was a it was a big event, and it was called mm -hmm. the Battle Royale. So if Chris Rock's mom said, "Don't fight around white people," that is why she's saying it because she's from South Carolina, which is where the Battle Royale was birthed. Mm. Wow! Now, Facts. Facts. To, to find out more about that, to see it actually, the first time, only time I ever saw it live or displayed was not live, live, but dramatized. Was in the uh, James Brown movie. Get 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 up. What is it? Get on up. Get on up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Chadwick Boseman play, played in when he played James Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back and look at that movie, at the very beginning when James Brown is explaining his growing up, they actually did a scene in the called the Battle Royale. And, and actually, you can see it in that movie. I, I seen it, it, yeah. I, I seen yeah, the scene, yeah. And it's, it's based off of real life. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Chris Rock said, you don't fight around <laughs> white people. Yeah. So, because they will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And they will pay it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But that you know, he did. It's like a whole different, um, let's see, thought process or whole different meaning that I didn't even know. Yeah, because when he actually just so uh, said you don't fight around white people, I was just thinking it's like they have a lot of white people that like to make us look bad. But now what Coop said, now I get like a whole yeah. different gist of it. Yeah, especially with his mom coming from that area. Yeah, that's the area where it was birthed. But you know what I thought? I thought that he he was a little serious when he was talking about his mom and how. They had to go to the vet because it was against the law. I'm just—I mean, that—that that hit a—it it hit a different way for me. I was like, we don't—we don't even know the struggle that they went through for mm-hmm. us to be where we're at now. Because that's—that's that's crazy to me. That—that's crazy. You gotta go to a vet where they use, um, and they probably didn't—they probably the sanitary wasn't probably the way it is now. You put it in a dog's mouth, and then I'm about to put it in your mouth to pull two. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was like over because I had never heard that before ever. My yeah. mother's from the deep south, and I just did not realize a lot of stuff that they dealt with. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's sad. My mom is from the deep south, Mississippi. She said that uh, she remember walking home from school, and, and they got some water out of the. Uh, some lady front yard, the lady said, don't drink out of that. She said, my horses drink out of that. You know. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I ain't good enough. Ugh. When I heard that old dental joke, I wasn't shocked at all. I was just like, yep, I just knew it was hard back then. Mm. Yeah. And then just listened on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, he did, a, um, he did, I think he did what he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I don't think that was the build of his com- comedic fan base. I think that was more interpersonal. Okay. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you, if you ever listen to hip hop, you even listen to hip hop or uh, rap music, whatever, you know, every now and then it is an artist taking shots at another artist on a record, right? Or on an album. And we've yeah. seen it throughout history of the culture. And I. And being that I love hip hop just as much as I love comedy, I saw that Saturday night. I saw the clap back. I saw the slap back that Chris Rock did towards Will Smith. Chris Rock did it nonviolently, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, like you just said, um, Coop, he could have retaliated at the Oscars. But he didn't because, like his mom and his dad taught him, you do not fight in front of white people, right? So, if I was in Chris Rock's position, right, I would have to, not, not, I, I mean, not in Chris Rock's position, maybe like Will Smith's position, right? Because I, I look at it from two different sides. Mm-hmm. I, the side of the the comic person in me 
saw it that Chris Rock was 100% accurate in everything that he said. I was in agreement with him. This was definitely his clapback towards yeah. uh, Will Smith, right? His slapback, his clapback, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But the I have the humanity side also too and i have the uh the sympathy for a person like will smith you know he did the apology uh thing and he did what he felt in his heart was the right thing to do um even if it wasn't enough right and so you know if you was in will smith's position right now what would be going through your mind or what would you do in that particular situation like because will smith he 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 almost got charged with assault and battery he could have went to jail you know and and so i was you know and i was like you know hey let me let me think about this would i rather would i rather go to jail or would i rather for chris rock to do a almost (laughs) two-hour sketch uh a a two-hour almost a two-hour special and then use every joke that he could muster up against me. I'd be like, uh, you know what? Just take me to jail. Take me to jail. <laughs> he, he did. He did. Um, he did um, say something to that effect that it was, especially when he was talking about the the entanglement that him and Jada were going through. He mm. said that he took it when that's what, what was it? Selective was it? Outrage. Selective? Selective outrage. outrage. Yeah. That what was going on between him and Jada, he took it out on, on, on Chris. Like that's not the person you're supposed. You slapped me, but you really wanted to slap your wife. That's, that's right. kind of the, one of the jokes that he kind of elaborated on. That mm. yeah, you took what she did to you, and and you know because I made a joke. I don't even know what the joke was about. Was it about her head or her? her yeah, GI Jane. Yeah. Okay. Can, can we can we put a wait 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 can we put can we put a bookmark? Can we stop? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Class. Hold on. Class. All right. So, could, would it be fair for to say that Jada cheated when in reality they had an agreement? Will said, according you know, out of the horse's mouth, Will said that okay, you want to be separated. Cool, you do your thing, I do my thing, right? But us men, men, right? Because there is a double standard. Mm-hmm. Us men, we be like, you know what? I'm going to smash and have sex with as many women as I want to with the expectancy that my wife, even though we're separated, we still married legally, I have the notion that she's not going to have sex with anybody. I can have sex with whoever I want. On top of that, somebody younger. No, somebody who's your kid's friend. Younger. (laughs) No, your kid's friend. (laughs) That's what made it worse. I mean, it was like out of a porn, though. It was like almost out of a porn. Easy access. Easy access. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm joking. I'm I'm joking. (laughs) We we all are. (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready to switch screens, so. Uh, mm. Let me know if you see that, Sean. Oh, okay. But no, um, but okay, I got you. Um, but back to the question, back to the question at hand. What would you do in in Will Smith's position? Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with you, Truman, Jerry. Well, actually, just right after the slap, if I was Will Smith, I would be just looking at myself like, 
damn, why didn't I just handle this uh, privately, knowing that it was how Chris Rock is, and it was like he was just joking and know how he is, instead of like trying to expose all my problems to the world. That's what you would do? Okay. What what about you, Koo? What would you do after that special if you was in Will Smith's position? Take it and leave it alone. I wouldn't try to bring it up. I may even go to a hypnotist so they can help me forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it out of my mind. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't even want to think about it. I don't care how people look at me. But ain't nothing he can say or should say. Period. Right, I'm gonna tell you something, man. That that hypnotized thing, it, it doesn't work. It nah, it doesn't work. Bro. Hey, <laughs> I've been in a hypnotized show before, and it doesn't work. It's like you have to want to allow yourself to feel like hypnotized, and when you allow yourself to feel hypnotized, you just feel all relaxed and everything. Hey, if I was Will Smith, it. I still try it out though. I still try it out. Yeah, because Will Smith would try anything, right? Hey, <laughs> but, but you know what, though, man. Uh-huh. The sad part about it, and I teach this all the time, you got to deal with the consequences of your actions. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he this is a result of his direct action, which was so inane, so stupid. It was like the, the, the most stupidest thing that you could actually do. It's like when you're upset with something, your mind should tell you how to respond in certain senses. He got up at the Oscars, man, took steps. Each step, he could have said, let me turn around. Mm-hmm. He took steps and took another step. Each time, he could have been saying, this ain't right, this ain't right. And then you're going to hit a grown man. So, to hell with Will Smith. I don't care Ooh, how he I, I hope he's sad. I hope he's really sad. Because it was horrible. It was beyond horrible, you know, for what he did. So, he needs to learn. If he feel bad... It's on him. It's life. Life. Mm. And would, would he have done Inside that? Inside of me is glad he's getting punished for all 10 years from being from the Oscars. Would he have done that? Would he have done that to a white comedian if he had nope. said the exact same joke? Nope. And you never know. He, he may have messed it up for his wife because when he said G.I. Jane, hell, you never know. They may have been wanting to do a G.I. Jane too. That, that could have triggered somebody's mindset. A direction could have been out there. Yeah, G.I. Jane. Hey, let's use her for G.I. Jane. You know, <laughs> but I mean, there's no excuse for that. Chris Chris had it. He 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 described why that happened, and it had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> switching gears. Um, for those who are just tuning in to the Beat Break Morning Show, we are recapping the Selective Outrage special by Chris Rock uh, this past Saturday. Which is the most talked about special thus far We are joined by comedian Coop DeVille uh, Jerry Truman And Lexi Love right here on the Beat Break Morning Show And uh, I, I want to quickly talk about The pre and post show I've never seen A comedy special in the history In, in my years of being on planet earth I've never seen a pre-show or a post show So I, I, I got I got one question um, Okay what well, I'm going to save that question in just a few moments because I want to start with the pre and then to the post. So the pre-show included Dion Cole, um, 
who was behind the turntables on the ones and twos. I don't know why they put Dion Cole as the DJ. I mean, y'all y'all couldn't get D Nice, y'all couldn't get DJ Premier. I mean, I don't know. He actually but, he actually dur- during COVID on his Instagram, he used to do that. He would DJ. Cause I yeah, he was DJ live during during COVID on his yeah, but he was. I mean, to me, it just seemed like he was just playing around. It, it didn't seem like he was really getting okay. into it. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen DJs oh, kind of get into like a low budget DJ or something. Probably, you know. I, mean, I don't know. Everybody wants to be a DJ these days. They could have got a, a DJ to come in and bring their Android or iPhone and just DJ off of the iPhone or something. I don't know. I mean, you're right. Everybody does want to be a DJ <laughs> these days because they actually have a video game DJ hero. Wow. Like, like I said, everybody's everybody thinks they're a DJ these days. Um, but <laughs> Dion Cole was on there. Uh, who was the and and uh, we lost Coop Deville. Hopefully, we can bring him back on because the guy uh, who is of Asian descent, he was the one that was uh, hosting the pre-show. I don't know his name, Coop Deville. Maybe you can help me out when you come back on. But um, Arsenio Hall came out pre-show. The, yeah, the pre-show. The pre-show before the actual show. Um, Arsenio Hall came out. Haven't seen Arsenio Hall since the updated version of Coming to America. <laughs> and he was on for both the pre-show and the post-show. Um, he was performing on stage. And Leslie Jones also came out. But they were talking great things about Chris Rock and how Chris Rock help their careers and so forth and so forth so i i want to get your take on that part of the show as well as the post show so the post show arsenio hall came back and uh the post show was moderated by dana carvey or dana carvey i should say and um what's the other comedian's name damn this is this is what happens when you try to remember everybody's names in the comedy industry uh, Dana Carvey. I think the post show had and, someone from and David Insecure. Spade. David Spade. Thank you. Say that again, Jerry. Jerry. I think the post show had someone from Insecure. Yeah, Yvonne. Yeah, that's Yvonne. Uh, from yeah, who played Molly in Insecure? Yeah. So they had um her. Um. Also, a senior hall came back. Uh, my unk, my other unk. JB Smooth, he I think he's everybody on. He gives out that uncle energy. JB Smooth. Yeah, I like he I don't does know. Real <laughs> I don't know who JB Smooth is. <laughs> uh and and what my here's my question. Here's my question that I want to ask regarding the post show. Why was Kareem Abdul Jabbar there? Probably because there? he knows somebody. Or know somebody that knows somebody. Why was he there though? <laughs> he was on the post. He was at the post show. He was on the post show. What did he do? Because you know when they recorded it, we we couldn't see it. So yeah, uh, he he. I mean, of course they had him give his commentary on the show. The you know, or at least some of it, right? But uh-huh. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <clears throat> excuse me, he's not even a comedian. Yeah, he's a basketball player. Or maybe he probably just some filler for the uh, post show or something. So you're trying to tell me... Maybe he's that... his favorite basketball player. 
It could have been Chris Rock's favorite basketball player. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. It, it just it just seemed like yeah. it was random to me. It was off. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looked like he was about to fall out. <laughs> what is he? <laughs> is he in his mid seventies? I thought he was older than that. Maybe like eighty or ninety years. I old. mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just no telling. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, mean, I, I would I would assume he was around my dad's age. So. All right, all right. So Cooper, Cooper's back, ladies and gentlemen. Cooper's back. We're trying to figure out the pre-show. You heard it, okay? Yeah. So why why was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar there? I don't know, but that was a that that was a um, a bummer right there. That kind of brought the mood down and everything, you know. Uh, if you ask me, because he he was not he didn't bring nothing to it. It's like he was serious. Kareem is known to be serious, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's like okay, you know, all these rappers and athletes want to be comedians now. I'm like, no, do something else. No, no, I know. But yeah. he, stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. Want to take our job? I would think stand up is is quite hard. I I would personally think. I mean, it's one thing to learn a script. And and do it on film. It's a whole different ball game when you gotta write your material and stand in front of a crowd to make them laugh. I would think that would be the hardest job in the world. Well, what they it what, is what they find out sooner or later. In entertainment, I would say. What they find out I'd rather do stand up than trying to do brain surgery. Mm-hmm. It's like comedy, be, because they're famous, they think that they could do do it. And after people see you for five minutes and you don't have material, they realize that I'm not going to do this no more. If you don't believe me, ask Nene Leakes. <laughs> you know? Oh, she did comedy? Oh, I got food. And, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they think they can use their fame to try to think, oh, I got this. <laughs> mm. It's different when you're on a reality show and you can be catty to people. You know, that's, that's different because that's just having a conversation, but standing in front of people Trying to make jokes and make them laugh, yeah, that's that. That to me, that's not a, that's no joke. Listen, the yeah. people, the the people that perform at the Laughing Skull, everybody cannot perform at an Atlanta Comedy Theater or at a uh, <laughs> comedy. Follow What's, crowd. Yeah, or at a punchline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like comedy. When I started, like I said, I started. I mean, open mic with. Earthquake, Bruce, Bruce, Mike Epps, a lot of people like that. It's like we had stories. Just like I had, we have something you want to say. It's not that you just want to get on stage and say I'm a comedian, but you know I seriously got a story to tell. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I want to share. I have just like a preacher got sermons. We got sermons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, yeah. it, it did feel like I was getting a sermon from Chris Rock that night. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually heard it from one comedian on a different podcast once where he actually said where it's like where preachers always want to be comedians and then comedians always want to be preachers. <sighs> Not me. Coop DeVille will be cussing every Sunday at every Sunday hey, service. Hey, sit y'all ass down. <laughs> 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 Comedian, I mean, comedians just tell it like it is. Yeah, man. Yeah, 
I ain't got time to be phony like that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I, I mean, my, my comedic um, background growing up was listening to Richard Pryor. My dad was a big Richard Pryor um, fan. So I, those were the kind of comedians that I grew up listening to uh, Red Fox um um the british the british benny hill knowing that i was too young to be watching that but yeah. you know you get yeah those were to me and you know even robin williams when he did his stand up comedy was 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 those were funny like they were funny and um sinbad of course i i enjoyed sinbad as well so yeah they're in but my my all time favorite i mean when he was younger when he came out was it will always be uh, Chris Tucker. It will, it will always be, but mm. okay. Decade is on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Chris. Okay. Chris Tucker is up there. Chris Tucker. He's he's one of the funniest guys in the mm-hmm. business in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, like I said earlier, you know everybody that we name is probably not in somebody's top five, right? Yeah. But you know you you go for who is the most relatable to you who can make you laugh the hardest and stuff like you know when yeah. i go when i go and i see a coupe de ville perform at the concert at a, at a venue i already know what i'm getting i already know what i'm getting from coupe de ville appreciate you know, it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i've known this guy for a couple of years thus far and and yeah, yeah you you make it look easy though cool I, I ain't gonna lie you make it look easy when i see you perform on stage Man, I appreciate it. I really do. I mean, well, I have, have to come out and see you then. Maybe oh, yeah. it'll be one of my favorites. Let's let's hope so. I'm gonna be shooting for that. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna be shooting for that. As I love to laugh, I tell you what, if it's funny, I'm you gonna know. Whoop I'm not one of those women that be like, <laughs> I'm like this. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of which, speaking of comedians, um. Lexi Love is in one of Country Wayne's projects, by the way, too. We just wanted to throw that out there. Was it okay for me to mention that? I just want to make sure. Yeah, you know I'm not gonna toot my own horn. Well, you know she said something about that DNA earlier. Now, I mean, what what is it? No, the uh, NDA. You said something about the NDA. Oh, no, I can. I mean, that's that's already that that's different because he posts those on YouTube. But yeah, yes, other stuff Mm -hmm. that are film film stuff. That we can't talk about at the moment. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best. I wish everybody the best, man. I mean, there's so much room for comedy and comedians that I don't like to see people steal material. And and that's what I love about, since we're talking about the Chris Rock thing, he made it personal. Can nobody else take his material? Can nobody ever take that? Because he made it personal. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you see comedians who steal other people's jokes, it's like you're taking their personal experience. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I like I said, I was the first to do comedy. I auditioned for Def Comedy Jam. And the reason why I didn't, even though when I auditioned, I had two standing ovations within my set, within my little audition set. I had two stand. The only reason why I didn't get it, uh, uh, my man Bob Sumner came to me and he said that somebody just filmed my set, almost identical. I asked, who was it? And it was a young man that I was mentoring. It was a young man that I was showing the game. And I was showing him how to do this, that, you know. And uh he he beat me to the he beat me to the TV with my own stuff. 
And mm. I told, I was so sad, man. Sherman Golden was with me at the time. And uh, they had to calm me down. Mm. You know, is he still, I, I, is he still stand up? I mean, a lot of joke thieves out there that are just really oh, brutal and everything. I mean, I believe they actually got some of straight comedians that actually steal a gay comedian's joke and then just tell it on the stage just for the sake of being funny. Hmm. Well, you, you got people out there, you know, you got people, definitely people out there. It's, 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 it's very heartbreaking to know that you develop a routine and you remember developing it where you were. Cause you know, Lex, you know, I write a joke, you know, you put bits and pieces, man, I got a joke, a, a three minute joke that literally took me a year to write. To, to actually finish it. Wow. So for somebody mm -hmm. to steal that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that, that, you be ready to fight, folks. Yeah. You be ready to get on stage and slap somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. And this is not funny. May, and I'm not saying this karma or anything, mm -hmm. karma or anything. But one reason that calmed me down made me just really, you know, his wife ended up getting murdered. I mean, no, uh, getting killed in the car accident while going to see his show mm. one time same guy and and that made my life wow yeah you can't you can't you can't you can't do wrong and don't eventually it's gonna come back around the block yeah yeah it's, it's and yeah and it may not be deal with you but like you said deal with somebody that you that you love you just yeah you gotta i mean we all this there's enough to go. I, I I mean, being in this industry, you know, I, I don't see it as competition. I see it as as opportunity, and you just never know what they're looking for. I mean, yeah, they're very basic, especially when it comes to the castings. Um, they could just be saying we're looking for African American woman and this age group, but then that you may do a really good audition, but then they may be like, oh, she's too dark or she's too yeah. light or she looks too, too, um, she doesn't look ethnic, uh, you know, she doesn't look black <laughs> enough. Yeah. Well, I've known comedians, literally. I don't, I don't want to call no names, but I do know comedians who had the worst set. They bombed on, on stage. Mm -hmm. But there was somebody in the back that said, hey, we want you to audition for so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You know, simply because they their persona and whatever they saw in that person. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I've heard that story. Yeah. And, yeah, um, and, and if we're going to get to, like, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, I did not get understand the, uh, what the queen, the, the Megan thing. Oh, the um, thing. Megan Meg Taylor? Parker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she get the light skin lottery. Is that what he was talking about? Yeah, that's what he said, and how big it all. Yeah, Marco is able to have, like, the whole. Oh, Megan Marco. trying to remember. Let's see. Wait the light skin the, baby, uh, what the baby going to look like? Okay, yeah. You look behind their ear and you can tell what color they're going to be. Right. Yeah. 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 Are their yeah. finger actually being a mom? I'll go ahead and tell you. This, this, is, this is real. Like when the baby, my babies were born, I would look at the tips of their fingernails to see how dark they were going to be or how light. And it was, I don't know why we did it. Like, I don't even know why. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> I have no wow. clue, <laughs> but I but I can relate because I was like, yeah, we do kind of do that. <laughs> mm. Wow. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, 
I know I'm just spilling stuff like, you know. Hey, you good. You good. I mean, he I think Chris and um Dave Chappelle over the last couple of years have taken comedy in a whole nother area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I if I have to if I have to uh come up with a phrase or a word which I've never heard, maybe I need to copyright it, I would call it conscious comedy. You know, conscious comedy. That's that mean it's comedy with with a conscious in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With the LGBT or what they want to call the alphabet community, uh the other stuff with the black and we'll white. We'll take that. LGBT alphabet mafia. Yeah, hey, all of that. <laughs> the, the things with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I represent the bees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm glad. I, I hope you're happy, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably why you're over there smiling. And hey, who is that? Guy? You know, Okay. You might be sitting on something over there. We don't know what it is. See <laughs> 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 you vibrate. That's what that be is, I guess. Yeah. Right, look, look out. Coop DeVille going to have his own special on Netflix real soon, y'all. <laughs> hey, I ain't getting nobody fitness, brother. It's <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan of <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness um okay so um we, we we've been talking about the chris rock special i know we're getting ready to wrap up here right home right here on the morning show uh we've been talking about it you know if y'all haven't seen it it's still on netflix um chris and dave and like i said earlier i didn't care much for chris i didn't care much for dave in his earlier years in comedy as well too yeah. I think now because the world is different than it was before when they came in the game and with the world being the way that it is and and Chris and Dave and it's a great thing that you bring those two names up uh cool with Chris and Dave for them to make light of things that are happening right now in in the world and in the society that we're in I think I just I'm I'm more of a bigger fan to both of them now than I was before. You know, it's just like, for example, if if comparing it to hip hop once again, I didn't care for J. Cole when he first came out. Okay. I didn't care for him. I didn't care for him at all. When he dropped um, what was it? Maybe his second album? Like second and Born then, Center? Yeah. Second album and then his fourth and his other albums after his fourth album i became a uh, a bigger fan mm. of j cole before you know then when he first came out and i love it i think it's because i love when i see artists comedians and in musical artists they are artists at the end of the day they're storytellers right. like yeah. you said earlier Coop. you know you, you comedians tell a story when they become more personal and when they touch on subject matters that affect you and everything and they can make a joke about it and make it hilarious, that wins me over. Amen. That that, that definitely wins me over. And that's why if if you know if if Netflix decides to still want to keep that special on its platform, I would see it again. I would definitely mm. see it again. 
and and I know the people that are um, <laughs> that unsubscribe to Netflix because of its rates and stuff like that, and you know the whole password sharing and everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I I, I could say well, um, try to uh, if you can know somebody that can share a password. Mm. <laughs> Before Netflix really crack it down here in America, uh, try, try. 1995, get my password. <laughs> <laughs> 1995, get that password, bro. Hey, let me let me say, hey, my website is laugh I'm still using that laughdon'tshoot.com. I'm looking for comedians. Uh, people want to be funny. People got points to make. Uh, look for positive entertainers as well. And we also look for bookers and promoters and agents and stuff like that to help us spread this message across the United States. LaughDon'tShoot.com. All right. LaughDon'tShoot.com. Y'all see it on the background there, the logo there. Laugh Don't Shoot. Uh, he definitely got a lot of big things that are getting ready to happen in 2023. So Hell yeah. I, I'm looking forward to linking back up with you, Coop. We got to make some things happen in 2023. And we will. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Lexi Love, of course, um, one of the writers for my new scripted podcast series, Unemployment Check. Uh, once again, you can check out the pilot episode uh via spotify and youtube just type in unemployment check coronation uh what's next for you lexi love in 2023 what's next yes uh, well i'm not really sure i actually um i'm i just finished filming my short and i am continuously submitting it to film festivals um, because I want to be recognized as a writer as well, not just a, not just an actor. Um, and it's a story that is is personal um, to me. And I was glad that we I finished it. I, I had a few. I met a, I met some actors um, at a film festival that I went to back in November, and then some other actors that I worked with. So they are part of my cast. So. I enjoy doing that, and um, I've been on a few auditions, and they really, really liked it. I got, you know, I got a, I got a clap from the other actors. So I'm hoping that's a series. So I'm hoping yeah. that I am cast as one of the one of the characters. Um, I don't even know if I can even say what character it is, but it's you know a character I'm familiar with in real life. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see it's, you know, anybody who's in the industry knows it's a numbers game. You just continue, keep grinding, keep pushing. Keep grinding, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. Already. yeah, absolutely. You winning, you winning already. Nice. And, uh, they can follow you on social media at Lexi love, right? Yes. Lexi underscore love. All right, and that's, I had to make sure because I think there's a I think there's a stripper girl that has the she doesn't spell it the same way. Yes, but, yes, I know. Yeah, I am so an I need avid. To make sure that y'all know. I don't need a strip yet. I don't need a strip yet. <laughs> well, you let me know when you do. I might have three or four dollars. No. <laughs> three or four dollars? What am I doing with that? I can't even put no gas in the car. <laughs> it all adds up. 
There you hey, go. Hey, you know what? I didn't I didn't believe you when you said you are older because you you look like you're in your twenties. I ain't gonna no cap. Like you you look wow. like you're in your twenties. Never I never yeah, tell I thought my age. was twenty five. Awesome. I'll take that. There you go. I, I can run I can run in circles around a twenty five year old, I promise you that. Oh. All right. Well, shoot. Well, forget what Chris Rock said in that bit. Then I mean, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in here that. with two comedians. You know, I gotta stay. I gotta at least try to be funny. You're doing your thing, and I'm, I'm gonna follow you too because I'm looking forward to to uh, hearing more and watching you grow. And and just one day, I want to be able to say, "Hey, I I, I know her." Thank you, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna follow I'm gonna because I I'm gonna follow you guys back as well. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Hell yeah! You know who you can remind me of? You know you, you know Shonda Rhimes, right? No, Shonda Rhimes, who she's you know the creator, writer yeah. of Scandal, yeah. producer, of Grey's Anatomy, oh. all of that. Oh, yeah. okay. How to get oh, away with murder? Show. Yeah, she used to do uh, promote comedy. Comedian oh. back in the night, early nineties. Okay. Book shows and stuff, and look at her. Yeah. Hey, the skies is the limit. Skies the limit. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to tell sometimes you. you and, and sometimes the direction you think you want to go, you end up being redirected to something even better. So. Exactly. Right. I'm just glad. I'm yeah. just glad. I'm just glad I met Sean. I'm, I'm glad that I met him. Um. I met him from a cast that he put out and I responded. So I, I mean, I had really no idea what I would be doing because I've, I've actually written before, um, back before COVID in 2019, I was writing these three minute scripts for this company and you know, they paid me very well, but I never got to see my product because when, when COVID came, they couldn't film and it just like, fell off on the wayside. So I was kind of upset because I wanted to see my what I wrote actually be acted out. So I always tell people that. I, I have written and got paid for, but you just haven't never seen it. So oh, man. <laughs> that's the good thing about God. Every day he gives you new opportunities. Yes. You know, it's so funny. We all been in projects uh, where we, we've been in one, we've been in production, but it never saw the light of day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I and I played I, seeds. Yeah. I consider those seeds, so Yeah. Yeah. Been in that situation before everybody enjoyed the company. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I, at least I got some free food out of it. Some money and some free food. Sean, you know? I, hey. <laughs> Sean, I appreciate this opportunity, man. I, I really do. I'm looking forward to doing more. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, last but not least, before we get off, uh, Jerry Truman, uh, what you got coming up and how can people follow you? Actually, I have this uh, audition next month at Six Flags to be in a in a Western comedy uh, show. I don't know what it's about or so, but it just seems like pretty exciting and all. Uh, I, I think this Maybe is I might be doing the reboot of Wild Wild West or something like that, but I just is that saw. Here in yep, here in Atlanta at Six Flags Over Georgia. Uh, okay, you, you got to be careful, Jerry, because we just heard about six yeah. people getting shot at Six Flags. I, I don't know. It's, they say it's game related or something. I don't know, but 
<laughs> so it's Maybe definitely going to be a wild, wild west out there, though. <laughs> it's definitely a wild, wild west. No, for real. I'm going to come bulletproof. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at Comedian Truman. Snapchat. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Y'all make sure y'all be on the lookout for him. Uh, thank you all. Thank you all so much for coming on the morning show. I appreciate it. Great convo. Uh, you make sure you follow me at Sean Garvey ATL on Facebook, Twitter, on Instagram at Beat Break Radio on all social media platforms. Sean Garvey on Facebook. Uh, I'm still trying to get my OnlyFans up. I'm still trying to get my OnlyFans page up. Uh, <laughs> I know what you said before you said it, so I'm just mocking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still works on on that, you know. It'll probably be up by summertime. It'll probably be up on by summertime, you know, because that's that's hot that's hot girl summer. That hot girl. Yeah. Real hot girl shit. <laughs> Real hot girl summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all stay tuned for the caffeine and energy drink mix with uh DJ Rollum coming up right here on the Beat Break Morning Show. Make sure you download the podcast FM app. Uh shout out to the people over at 101 the Vibe FM, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh check us out, Reach One Network TV, uh Sean Garvey Online.com and on uh 101TheVibeFM.com. It's the Beat Break Morning Show. Y'all give it up for our panel of guests, Lexi Love, comedian Coop DeVille, and Jerry Truman. Sean Garvey is the MC. So respect the architect as I begin to build. DJ Rollum is the DJ. Go DJ, that's my DJ. Go DJ, that's my DJ. And Star Kells fills you in on what's trending. He's doing anything for clout. Doing anything for clout. The Beat Break Morning Show. Tune in and tap in.